You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Page to Stage. A conversation with theater makers. We're your hosts. That's Brian. And that's Mary. This episode is part of our series on Chicken and Biscuits, a new play by Douglas Lyons. And it's the second half of our conversation with last week's guest. If you haven't already, go back and listen to part one. We hope you enjoyed this episode. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How were you collaborating with sound, with lights? It was such a fast process. I will say that. Some of those conversations felt lightning fast. But I wanted to make sure early on that Twee and Adam saw the things as we were developing them and could give me notes. And I made sure to ask Twee, as you are thinking about your sound plot and what it is that you need to be in the set, let me know if and when you need to hide things in the set. It just helps if like the sound designer or the lighting designer can say, I have to put a speaker there or a light there. And like, rather than not saying it's coming in, tell me it's going to be there or it needs to be there and it, and we can incorporate it into the visual aesthetic so that it's not just like plop speaker right and i think like 
some of that worked, some of that didn't. There was a moment of like what the speakers and mics would be on the deck when we knew we weren't miking actors and it was going to be area mics. But I think what Twee and Team Sound did that was really lovely was to say, like, we're going to figure out how we can make things as low profile and hide them into the existing architecture. And it's the same thing with lighting. There was a moment for there's, so there's a U-shaped um, kind of like header, what we call a balcony rail. I was inspired by what is often the second balconies in larger churches and what that molding detail is. That's where that came from. Um, and beyond that, the ecclesiastical lighting, those like hexagonal pendant lights that were often in kind of larger churches. And so putting those in the air made it uh, a puzzle and a half for lighting because it's in the round, it's a long space, that thing blocks their shot. There's just a lot of puzzling that they had to do. And so I remember very specifically um, the associate lighting designer emailing me and being like, these, these hanging lights in the air, can I move them? And I was like, what do you need? Let's talk about them. And so it was, a, it was an evolving conversation of where in the air they could hang that allowed them to light the actors. Because again, at the end of the day, if I haven't prepped the canvas correctly and they can't light the actors, then like, what's the point of going and seeing the show? The actors have to be seen. They have to be heard. It's a large space. So I, I want them, I want lighting and sound and costuming to give me their notes, to give me their needs so that I can support them because then we're all supported. And so I remember it was a, a conversation. It's like, well, the lights have to be here. And I called Adam, the lighting designer, and I was like, where do you need them to be? Do they need to raise up six inches or a foot? Do they need to widen? I'd rather than not widen, but like if they need to widen, I can widen them to here and I'll feel okay. Can't widen them to here. That'll feel odd. And so it's about like what I'm looking at as far as the composition of the world visually versus what they need in terms of the people need to be seen and heard. And so it's, it's those balances, but like just pick up the phone and call them and say, what do you need? Okay. I can do this. I can't do that. But like, what if we met here? And, you know, I think in some ways, you know, Adam and I have collaborated many times, but there was a moment of like, well, Lawrence needs his things right where they are. And it's like, no, I mean, they're in the air. They're serving a purpose visually for me, but like, I've got some squish. Let's talk about what that squish can be. And does it help you if we move them? And it did. And so they moved hysterically enough, not in any direction that I thought they all moved downstage for some reason. And that's just the way the math worked out for their lighting. And like, once we knew that, then Adam and Shannon were like, we're good. I was like, great. That works. And they look good. Like, I'm not upset about it. And like, no one else would know. But like, those are the kinds of conversations that like, can we kick that six inches? Can we move that over a foot? And those kinds of like, gives and takes. And again, collaboration, make sure that like, team lighting and team sound have what they need for it to look and sound even better. In that same vein, I'm trying to remember it, but along the the walls of the actual theater, you have those uh, windows that have lighting element to them. I always wonder, like, especially like props and something like that, like those windows, is that considered under the scenic department or would like, yes. Okay. So that wouldn't be considered lighting or would it be both the windows? It's a built item, so it's under my purview, right? It is an absolute collaboration between myself and the lighting designer, right? So um, I think the inspiration from that came from looking at sanctuary spaces and looking at sanctuaries and seeing that light come in. And there was an early conversation of Adam being like, I just want like to shine light through a stained glass window and watch it hit the wall. And like the math of it wasn't going to work out in the space, but I was like, okay. So it was just something we held on to from early conversations 
we inch toward the sanctuary throughout those first four or five scenes of the play. And then when we finally land in the sanctuary, thinking about what's that big reveal and how do we open up that space and make the entire audience feel like all of a sudden we've been outside the church, outside the church, outside the church, we're in the church. And that idea of those kind of like rows of stained glass windows was wildly important to us. And so figuring out what that was, it's a light box. How do we make it be hidden? How do we, you know, again, acknowledging the space of the theater, it's the black house walls of a theater. And I was like, great, mimic that. I don't want it to be anything ostentatious. I literally want the audience to not notice it when they walk in so that when they turn on halfway through the show, it's a surprise. And like, you can feel the surprise of it in the audience. I'm like, wait, what's the, oh, okay, great. Like that moment of like really realizing, oh, we're in the sanctuary with this cast and we're at this service with them, which was really helpful. So you brought up your associate and your assistant earlier. And as someone who you were just saying that you you worked on Constitution as an associate yourself, mm-hmm. and I'm sure have spent your career as, as associate, as assistant too. What are some things that you really wanted to bring to your team moving forward in, as, into your Broadway debut as the as the boss, if, if you will? What were some of the things that you were hoping for in, in that way? So it was my first time in the hot seat, and I wanted someone who um, could help guide me through that process. So I wanted someone who uh, had Broadway experience. In looking at the demographic of what of the creatives that I knew at the time, right, and wanting to make sure that we are working towards um, bettering the field, I just want to be conscious about my hiring practices, right? And I did not want to give in to the internal biases that, like, I've been trained in. Like, we can talk about this industry all day long and how much we love it, but, like, we critique it and we work at making it better because we love it. And so I was in the hot seat and I was terrified. Let's not even beat around the bush, like was shaking in my boots, super excited, but terrified about what it was. And I wanted someone who could calm me down and help and like have that support structure and have some experience as to what it was to be a Broadway associate and how to support a designer in that journey. And so I reached out to my colleagues and my friends asking for Broadway associates, you know, people who have that experience who would, again, vibe with me, right? And I think one of the brilliant and beautiful things about Jalen is he wants people to come into that room and be their 100% authentic selves and bring everything to that room that they want to and bring all that joy and all that pain and all of that everything that we can hold together. And so I wanted to make sure that the person who was joining that team would be also a part of that journey. We are an industry of egos and artists and sensitivity and all of those things. And I just wanted to make sure that I was bringing in the right human. And so as much as the uh, skills and qualifications of the person were something that I was looking to, and I wanted someone who could do that, I also just wanted to make sure that like, we're going to be in a room, it's going to be tense, we're in the middle of a pandemic, who's going to be calm, who's going to be someone that like, we can laugh and joke with and like ease tensions will also problem solve and and bring all of our humanity after a year in which like our humanity was largely denied to us and we had to put that social beast on hold and not be with our friends and not be with our loved ones and collaborators who could be in that room who would just be a joy right and and so i went through that hiring process and i landed with Brittany vasta who is a brilliant scenic designer in her own right but had been working with Mimi Lian for a long time in the associate world and like knew what that whole process was. And I th- I was like traveling because of course, 
at the end of the day, this comes through right as I've like scheduled a vacation with my partner. And so we're all, and I was like, I'm not putting that on hold. We've been waiting for that for a long time. We'd like rented a cabin in the woods in Seattle because we could travel again. And this was before Delta was a huge thing. And so I was like in a cabin with like not great internet service interviewing Brittany via Zoom and like having talked about the show and what the skills and how we might integrate and work with each other. And I closed the Zoom interview and I turned to my partner and went, oh, it's her. No questions asked. Like that room was amazing and I just want to work with her. And so it was that kind of joy and love and like um, rigor of humanity and just being like, how do we support each other? How do we work on this and collaborate on this? And like, Brittany's going to have ideas and I'm going to have ideas. And how do we put those together and put that thing out in the world? And how, you know, that kind of collaborative energy. And I was just so lucky and so grateful to have her in that room. And like, I have a long time um, assistant who's been working um, with me and like, I wanted to open that door and let them get that experience. So like asking Brittany to step into an educational role and be like, how do you open that door? How do you extend your experience to this other young human because that's the same way that I was brought up and that like, okay, I want to show you so that the next time the opportunity comes around, you can be ready for that or you have more experience. And so opening those doors for one another was something that was big on my list. So that's, that was that process. I hope I answered that question. I think I did. Oh yeah. I mean, yes, absolutely. And I just love the fact, I mean, that, that first performance you guys had, um, your first preview performance, I should say, where Norm got on stage, there was like a ton of videos of it where he just listed every single person. And he said at the beginning, before he went off and started listing of, you know, hopefully you can come on stage. And I was hoping that like every single person who he was announcing was making it on stage. I didn't count everybody, but that stage was packed. And that like had such an energy about it. And you could just tell that everyone was very genuinely excited, but obviously like they've worked their asses off to get to this point. Like, and here we are celebrating, especially after the last year. So that was great. Thank you for your answer. That was amazing. So many tears. So I mean, I (laughs) I cried like five times that day just because it it was that day, right? It was first preview and we had a ticketed audience and our invited dress the night before had gone super well. And it was just the, the reality and enormity of this thing that like, I didn't think I was going to be on Broadway for a decade or what, you know what I mean? And to have this door opened, I'm 30 y'all. Like I'm not, I'm just beginning and, and to have this doorway open for me in such a brilliant way and to be invited into the community in such a warm and welcoming way. Um, just in tears all day. I still get overwhelmed by it. Like I'm still just like warm and bubbly inside and still coming to terms and and still sort of realizing it. But like the joy I feel to be in that room and to have had the opportunity to collaborate with all of those brilliant souls on stage and off um, is something I'll never forget. And I'll cherish for the rest of my days. And at the time of recording, you haven't even opened yet. So that's unbelievable. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're going to move into our lightning round, which is the final portion of our uh, conversation. Mary, could you start us off? Yes. If you could trade jobs with another member of the Chicken and Biscuits team for one week, meaning cast, creative, crew, who would it be and why would you want that position? I have no clue. I love my job, (laughs) y'all. Like, I love being a set designer. I love doing what I do. I have have wanted to do this since I was 15 years old. And so... um, the joy I have stepping into the role that I get to step into every day is something that like I wouldn't trade for the world. I think if I were to be truly honest and maybe, and think about it for a second, I'd probably want to be one of those deck ASMs. Like 
Brant and Brian who are backstage working with those performers and supporting them and like that tracking, like that's a part of my organizational brain that like early on in my career in the like high school theater that I did stage management was a thing I, I like dabbled in and I enjoyed it. It, it um, itches a level of like my want for organization. Um, and I think like I'm a social creature, like that's a thing. I like hanging out with people and like that element of getting to know a cast where like designers can be a little um, distant, especially the scenic lighting and sound designers because we're behind tech tables or we're not in the room as opposed to the costume designer who has to be like with them and talking with them and like what's on your body and what's your character and what's that emotional journey. There's more contact with them than I really ever get. And so like that amount of community um, is really exciting. And like, to be very clear, this cast was always like overjoyed and like hugs or, you know, socially distant safe things that we could do in the rehearsal room. And just to say that like, welcome, be with us. How are you doing? And I've never like felt distant. Um, but I think if I could support them backstage for a week and like see what that track is like, I haven't been backstage and run through in I don't know how many years y'all, but that would be fun. And like, those people are rock stars they give it their all and they support those performers every night. And like, I'm so in awe of everyone backstage who does that work. Um, yeah, that would be fun. I'm, I'm friends with Brant and he says that they just have so much fun backstage. So it sounds like a good second choice for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is one thing in the theater industry that confuses you? Here's the realness. Broadway. Uh, let's put it like I've, I've had an entire career in regional theater and like, I love it. I think there's great art and really experimental exciting work that's being done um and you know five percent of it makes it to broadway and it's you know exciting when it does but like i think it, for me um the thing that i did for so long is i put broadway on a pedestal and like that was the thing that like froze me in my design process for like a week and a half is because i was like oh my god i'm on broadway but like it's another show and i have more resources and i have more toys to play with and i have these brilliant artists and craftsmen who are doing what they do at the top of their field and like let's be very clear the um artists and true artists and carpenters and production staff, whatever title they want, I think they're artists who are doing the work to build these worlds that like I've dreamed up are stunning. It's another show. And I had to like really work my own mental gymnastics to realize and remember that it's another show and that you've done shows for years. And that like the best thing you could do is ignore all of that and just focus on supporting the show to the best of your abilities. But like that pedestal that we put on Broadway, it's an, it is a pinnacle. There's a lot going on there and I love it. And I think the people doing it are, are at the top of the field, but like there are brilliant people all over the country and all over the world doing this. So like, I love Broadway and I think Broadway is amazing. I get confused by it sometimes. And that's just my honest thing. It's my first real foray into being a Broadway designer. Like, let's be honest about it. So like, Maybe it'll demystify itself later. But right now, that's what's confusing me. What are three adjectives that describe your ideal working environment? Laughter, transparency, and music. Is there something in your design process that you would find unique to you? I don't know. Because every designer's process is kind of singular to them. And we work, quote unquote, alone, right? Like, my process is an amalgamation of the processes that I learned from, right? Lee Savage, Arnolfo Maldonado, Rachel Hauk, David Zinn, 
the people who I was in studio with for years learning how they worked, I'm an amalgamation of all of them and all of those processes and seeing the things that work for me and seeing the things that are like, oh, that works for them, that won't work for me. So I don't think anything I do would be unique. Um, it's just my own Frankensteining of what other people have taught me because it works for my brain. What is one hobby you have outside of the theater? I love to read um, fantasy novels, sci-fi novels. Um, I just reread Dune because the movie's coming out and I'm very excited about that. And like the book and the old movie were kind of pivotal in like my development as a sci-fi nerd. Um, I am a huge gamer when I can find the time for it. And so like both tabletop board games and like video games, I have the new Xbox cause like, why not? Um, I don't spend a lot of time on the TV anymore, but like when I do, I like spending a few hours and like playing through a video game. That's a ton of fun. And in the pandemic, what I, the thing I picked up was running, right? I started running a lot more and, um, it's my meditation. Um, so I'll go run a few miles and just like put some music in. I'm not really listening, but I'm just like thinking through problems and that moving of my body is really helpful for me. So it's something that I'm trying to hold on to as, uh, work really restarts, but it's nice that like, oh, I'm traveling and I'm going to a theater. I can throw my running shoes in my bag and throw like some running shorts and a shirt and I can go running while I'm in tech or, you know, in residence somewhere. Um, so those are some hobbies that I'm very um, grateful for. And then music, right? I was a musician first. Um, I was a drummer for years and have been really badly teaching myself the guitar for the last, I don't know, five or six years. <laughs> But I like it. And like music was the thing that like I loved doing for a very long time. Um, I just never really pursued it, but it's still fun to pluck out a guitar or like sit at a drum set and be really bad about it for a while. <laughs> um, do you have any books or resources, podcasts that you find helpful to you and your design process or your process as an artist? I mean, every designer will talk about the backstage handbook like it's a Bible or especially set designers because like, I don't know how wide's a door. I can go find that in the backstage handbook or like what, are you know, it's this very, I think it was one of the first books I had to buy in college and it's still the same copy. It just sits in my studio and like I pull it out every week, but like I've had that thing for 10 years um, or more and it's very useful. It's also got really hysterical like wordplay jokes in it, which is just very fun. Like the types of washer, flat locking, front loading, and it's a drawing of a wa front loading washer. It's just very funny. I have like several books by um, Robert Polidori, who's a photographer who, I don't know, I just find their work breathtaking. And so I have uh, Chronophasia and, you know, some of these books aren't in print anymore, but I remember discovering it somewhere and just being like, oh, I want that just as a reference. Like went to um, Chernobyl and just like took photos of like Priapat and like what that space looks like now, however many years later, or went to Cuba and did the same thing, or went to uh, New Orleans post Katrina and documented, right? And there's a level of um, pain and emotion and suffering and, and texture in those books that like you, you just don't find it other places. And I think his photography captures a lot of that. And so sometimes I'll just flip through that book. Um, and it, you know, none of that may end up in the show but like to go back to that and just start there i think right now why i'm struggling with other versions of that is that i'm trying to in my um anti-racist ethos right and trying to in my work make sure that i am 
pulling from a wider variety of artists. So like making sure that my art and research and the artists that I'm pulling from and being inspired by are 50% or more uh, BIPOC artists to say that like, we come from a Western perspective and a Western lens. And how do I start to unlearn that and break myself out of that? Because that's the world I was taught in. And that is a hard step to take, but it is the first step to take just to say that like my lens is widened and I'm looking for and pulling from other places. So that's a, that's a new thing for me. And it's just a new muscle I'm stretching as I've been discovering and working towards that and all of the things that we're working on in our industry. For our final question, it is a take on the show's tagline. Um, so the question is, how has this process fed your soul? Joyously, completely, and it's been just a wild ride of fun. And like after a year and a half of there has been joy in my life, there has been pain, there has been suffering, there's been all of those things. But to like sit in that room with collaborators that I love and people I've respected for years, my soul has been fed joyously and completely. And there's no better way to say that. I'm just so grateful. Like grateful has been my word since we got to previews. Grateful, grateful, grateful. Um, Amazing. How can our listeners find you on social media or your past work? Do you have a website and all that good stuff? Sure. Um, so people can find me um, online at my website, Moten, my last name, M-O-T-E-N, designs.com. Uh, they can find me on Instagram at Moten Designs. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, but like I'm never on it. Uh, and I don't normally add people on Facebook that I haven't worked with or collaborated with before. So I'm not going to add you there <laughs> just as the heads up, but like I'm out there. I'm just like, that's from a friends and family. That's what that is. Amazing. Same. I so enjoyed Thank this you. episode. This, this brought up so many new great things for our listeners on page to stage that we haven't had before. So Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. This was really lovely. Thank you for having me. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Page to Stage. To keep up with us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Page to Stage Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we have other conversations with theater makers from Chicken and Biscuits. Check them out. Until next time. That's Brian. That's Mary. We'll see you later. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.